the uh, city, they have announced Curb TO, the Curb TO plan to try to utilize over 100 locations here in Toronto for pedestrian access and parking. This is in response to calls from activists to do something about some of the narrow downtown sidewalks that make, of course, social and physical distancing almost near impossible. Kristen Wong Tam is a city councillor for Ward 13, and she joins us now here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto for more. Councillor, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. It is my pleasure. I look forward to speaking with you. All right. For those that have not heard it or dug into the details, can you kind of give us just a brief overview of exactly what Curb TO is? What does it entail? So Curb TO is a, is a transportation curbside management plan, and breaking that down in the simplest terms is, uh, is where the City of Toronto's transportation staff will carve out some space along a curb lane to give more pedestrian uh, passage uh, way. So therefore, those who are queuing up outside of the popular uh, pharmacies as well as grocery stores or LCBO will have the ability to safely pass one another and practice physical distancing. All right, and initially there are 10 so-called hotspots that have been identified, correct? Uh, yes, uh, so the intention is to roll out about 100 different locations across the city of Toronto. They are literally starting very slow. Uh, 10 out of 100 is, is modest, especially when you think of the, the thousands of kilometers of, of sort of uh, laneway and roadways that we have at the city. Um, and, uh, and it is largely going to be uh, citizen-informed. So therefore, where those uh, pinch points are on the sidewalks, that's where transportation staff will come in analyze the site conditions, and then make some recommendations. All right, and physically, how will this look to citizens, those uh, walking the streets of Toronto? Is the city going to appear different in these 10 hotspots and other places? Well, I cannot say that it's going to look much prettier, and I regret saying that because uh, this is really going to be a makeshift project. So what will happen is that they will uh, put out some pylons or some type of uh, physical barriers that demarcate uh, where pedestrians should go. Um, it is not going to be accessible as, as far as I can tell, which means that if you are walking on the sidewalk and there, there may be some people lined up against the, uh, the wall uh, of the building getting, waiting to get into the entrance, uh, if you are pushing a stroller or if you're using a mobility device, if you have to move into the curb lane, um, you literally have to take that, uh, take that step down. So there's a, there's a very good chance that uh, this program, uh, as it's uh, thought out in the beginning, will have to be modified to, uh, to ensure some type of accessibility compliance. But either way, pedestrians will have to step onto the road where there is probably, uh, you know, about uh, eight, eight meters of space that allows you to pass the lineup of people queuing to get into a store, and then you get to step back from the road, back on the sidewalk, uh, and then continue on to your trip. Well, it might not be as pretty as you would have hoped for, but I'm guessing timing is of the necessity here. I mean, just how important is this initiative when it comes to this pandemic and flattening the curve? Um, I would say it's a, it's a response to residents uh, who, are, who literally have been calling the city and calling the mayor's office and calling councillors saying they need to have more physical space on the sidewalk in order for them to practice physical distancing. Um, so this is largely a response to what is the condition that has been out there now for weeks. So I would say, um, in my opinion, and I'm just going to speak for myself as, a, as one councillor of a downtown community, um, I think that the approach is uh, rather timid. Uh, what I had um, called for earlier on is to actually open up the roadways 
to allow people to pass very safely, uh, to use it as a, as a mode of transportation where we actually are actively moving about. Uh, in that case, we don't have to necessarily worry about, you know, uh, 10 or 12 pylons around one particular uh, little hotspot. We literally then manage the roadway and the sidewalks in a completely different uh, fashion. So, uh, so turn the roadway into kind of a walkway, in essence. Uh, yes, where where it is uh, where it is appropriate uh, and where it is deemed to be necessary. Uh, this is not about creating block parties or opening up festivals for people to to participate. Uh, we are not talking about you know encouraging uh, congregate uh, environments, but literally when you have thousands of people who live and work and study downtown, or or they have to travel to where they need to go. Uh, and the sidewalk conditions are generally less than one and a half meters, so definitely less than the two meters required for physical separation, then we need to be able to mathematically come up with a solution that will work for everyone. Joined by City Councillor Kristen Wong-Tam, talking about Curb TO. And just wondering, Councillor, has the city looked at other countries, other cities that have done something similar uh, as a guide, and has it really paid off for them when it comes to reducing the number of positive COVID cases? Um, so I can say that uh, that the command table is probably looking at everything and globally and, and otherwise. What I don't fully understand, and, and, and I think it's important for us all to recognize, is that um, every jurisdiction seems to have a slightly different approach. Uh, where we have seen other jurisdictions, cities or states uh, in, the, in the U.S., for example, where they have opened up the, uh, the, the roads for more active uses, such as people travel or cycling travel, uh, they have not necessarily seen a surge of uh, community transmission. So it may not be as well documented as perhaps uh, the local Toronto leadership team would like, uh, but what we have is early indication is that that is not uh, a, an active form of, of, of transmission. Uh, we do have some conflicting advice from the British Columbia Medical uh, uh, Public Health Officer who has actually told their residents to get out, get exercise, and uh, carry about your daily activity. Make sure you keep your physical distance. Um, but the, the 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 main message from 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 that medical officer of health is to get out and uh, and stay healthy and mentally healthy. Now, pre-COVID, there of course was a lot of talk about changes to the city. I mean, we just have to look at King Street as a prime example. Has COVID kind of, and we've been talking, you know, for the last couple of weeks here, the post-pandemic uh, world, uh, what might be the new normal? Do you think that? This COVID crisis has kind of sped up that process when it comes to uh, the use of space in the city and when it comes to things like green space and making more room for pedestrians? Um, it certainly has uh, moved it from the theoretical to the practical. Um, I think that for many of us who actually are uh, downtown residents, we, we recognize the, the physical public space crunch that we're in. We don't have enough parkland for the number of people that live here. Uh, and I would say that uh, you want to have high-quality public spaces, even if you are in, in the suburban areas, for example. You want to have streets that are beautiful, that, uh, that, that attract you to those spaces, so therefore you can linger and go to the shop. So whether you're in the suburban neighborhoods or you're in downtown neighborhoods, investing in high-quality, aesthetically attractive, safe and resilient uh, public infrastructure and public streets uh, is going to pay off in the long run. It just so happens that we've learned under this global pandemic is that if you design it with more space and be generous about how we allocate those spaces for people, it actually even gives you a health benefit that we may not have foreseen early on. 
Let me ask you about drivers, Counselor, because as you're well aware, the King Street Project came with a lot of controversy from drivers and from some businesses along that uh, area. Uh, Could one of the spinoffs of the pandemic be that uh, there will be less road for cars? And maybe that's okay because we might see less cars in the downtown and on the road if uh, working at uh, home becomes a permanent thing for a lot of people. Again, this is another almost sort of forced pilot project uh, on a lot of uh, companies. So do you think it could be a controversy that kind of solves itself? Um, I think certainly people are no longer in their fixed positions around ideology around car versus bikes. I think that this has been a bit of an open exercise where you may have been a commuter and all of a sudden you are now working remotely from home and calling into the office. Um, So I I think in some ways it's actually enabled us to think outside of what we need, but more think um, uh, sort of what does the community or civil society need. Um, And if we place values in front of our decision-making, such as we want to build a green economy, we want to build an active transportation network, and we want to ensure that people are not going to be reliant on entirely um, single-passenger, single-driver, commuter-style travel, then it means that we have to make different infrastructure and, and budgetary decisions. So in some ways, I think it's actually elevated the conversation of how we live and work uh, and invest in cities. Um, what I think we don't yet have is a formal environment uh, to deposit those thoughts and to really hash out and, and to debate it. Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to, because I think it will give us, number one, uh, better information to work with. But also at the end of the day, we need to be able to build that economy and recover in a way that is sustainable. Because we know that even if with a vaccine, um, you know, say, for example, 18, 24 months on the horizon, that is a very long stretch of time. If we do open the economy and it's going to be opened up in phases and and, uh, in waves, uh, we have to ensure that if we don't fall back, if we do fall back, for example, into another active spread uh, where we don't, we're no longer flattening the curve, but the curve is spiking up again, uh, we are going to be stuck in this situation for some time. So we've got lots of time to think and get it right. Uh, And then when we do uh, make a decision to actually uh, pour the concrete and to actually redesign our city and our city streets, uh, hopefully we'll keep that in mind. All right, just finally, are these Curb TO initiatives, are they possibly here to stay? You mentioned there's a hundred so-called hot spots. Uh, Could they become permanent? Could changes there become permanent, do you think? Um, I don't know if they'll be permanent per se, because right now they're being introduced largely because of a condition has emerged, such as, for example, 25 people lined out of the LCBO. You wouldn't normally see that under a a, a, a normal environment, I should say. Um, So I'm not sure if this is going to stay. But one thing I can say is that the City of Toronto and Transportation Services in particular has been looking at curbside management for some time. So you've already seen... Uh, the introduction of what we call parklets, which means that we actually put a, a, a patio, licensed patio, where restaurants who don't have the physical space in front of them can all of a sudden open up for seasonal business uh, activity during the summertime. So we've already been doing some of that work. We've already been bumping out intersections where we need to allow for more pedestrian uh, sort of queuing time before they cross the roadway. So it has been happening in incremental pieces. Um, but perhaps this actually can propels us into bigger, um, more magnitudinal uh, change uh, than we were prepared for. All right. Councillor, appreciate the update and the time with us this afternoon. Thanks so much.